good then, Morgan. See what's going on with Mother's touch. You little fucker. Panic Trump attacks his own attorney, hell breaks loose. <laughs> Why are women everywhere choosing Abby X, the new tummy tuck alternative? I got the tummy. Michael Popak, Legal AF, we now know why Donald Trump's lawyer, Todd Blanche, looks so unhappy during <laughs> the zoom-in by him and Donald Trump to set the trial date in the Stormy Daniels hush money cover-up crime up in New York when Judge Mershon set the trial date for March uh, of 2024. We saw on the, the zoom-in a very unhappy Todd Blanche, never really understood why. And even reporting at the time that Donald Trump with the mic off turned to the lawyer next to him, which was Todd Blanche and said something. But now we know from new reporting by Jonathan Carl of ABC News, who just wrote his third book in the Trump trilogy, this one called Tired of Winning. What happened? What happened is when the um, Donald Trump never expected that the trial would be set right in the middle of primary season. This is well before Judge Chutkin in the D.C. election interference case in the federal court has taken now November for her own, for her own case. This is way back when Donald Trump had the fantasy that he'd never have a trial during the primary season, certainly before voters had a vote for him in November of 2024. And so he, he didn't even bother going to the New York hearing. Uh, the lawyers in the room were Joe Tacopina, remember him? We don't see him anymore, for Donald Trump, who was also busy doing the and losing the E. Jean Carroll uh, rape and defamation case for Donald Trump. Boris Epstein, who was co-conspirator number five or number six in the indictment in the D.C. election case, was in the room. Alina Hava was there and all that. But it, it, uh, but the lawyers sitting next to Donald Trump, and we'll show that picture again, uh, during the zoom in by Donald Trump, who phoned it in, during the trial date setting hearing, was Todd Blanche. He had just recently left his law firm to co-represent. He was at a big law firm, like one that I used to practice in, an Amlaw 20 law firm, American Lawyer 20 ranked law firm. He went off on his own to represent one client, Donald Trump. Chris Keis, by the way, did the exact same thing, left his law firm and also represents just really Donald Trump at the moment. And so we saw this face like it's because he's probably the most, Todd Blanche, the most established criminal defense lawyer that they had attached to the Trump uh, defense at that moment. He was brought in, by the way, by Boris Epstein as the as we continue this incestuous set of relationships between Donald Trump and, and, and uh, Boris Epstein. So Todd Blanche is there. And what happened is, now with this reporting, is during, and we can put that picture up, during that Zoom hearing, when Donald Trump heard the date, he clicked off his microphone, and he said to Todd Blanche that um, if I lose the, that he said when he heard the date, that is in the middle of the primaries. If I lose the presidency, it's going to be, that's the reason, you're the reason if I lose the primary. And then he goes back, you know, with his face watching watching the uh, the rest of the proceedings. And at the time, it was reported this way, for instance, just to give you what we've now learned. Uh, back in uh, AP reported this on uh, about six months ago when this all went down. 
President Trump threw up his hands in frustration Tuesday as a judge scheduled his criminal trial for March 25, putting the former president and current candidate in a Manhattan courtroom in the heat of next year's primary season. Okay, now we know what he really did. Lucky if he gets to run at, for president uh, at the, all. The yelling at Blanche on the and ripping him a new one got worse, and let me tell you what that's all about. As AP reported it, Trump appearing by video conference at a pretrial hearing Diaper in the Hush Money case upset. glowered at the camera as Judge Juan Manuel Mershon advised him to cancel all other obligations for the duration of the trial, which could last several weeks. <laughs> Trump wearing a blue suit against the backdrop of American flags at his Florida estate, Mar-a-Lago, then turned to a lawyer by his side. This is Todd mm. Blanche. Their brief discussion in audible on the video feed before sitting with his arms folded for the remainder of the hearing. Well, we now what the we now know what the inaudible conversation was. It was that's in the middle of the primary season. If I lose the presidency, you are to blame, Blanche. But it gets better. Hearing over, date set, cameras off, no hot mic moment, but Jonathan Carl reports that Donald Trump then spends the next half hour lashing out at Todd Blanche in his office in his face for a good 30 minutes saying, and I hide the kids for this one, folks. I'm just repeating the reporting. You little <laughs> Sorry. I'll have to beep that. You little effort. <laughs> Uh, you just cost me the presidency. Now think about that for a few minutes. First of all, nobody's, there's no line of lawyers wrapped around the block who want to represent <laughs> Donald Trump. There's no major law firms that want to touch this with a 10-foot pole. That's why he's left, as we've said frequently on Legal AF and on, and on, uh, um, this network on Midas Touch Network, we frequently said that the Jack Smith is just busy trying to exhaust the resources and the actual lawyers for Donald Trump. He's only got five of them, and they're in seven different cases over nine months. Uh, and so he and Todd Blanche is one. Chris Keis is another. Alina Haba just does her best work in the parking lot, mainly uh, giving lectures and speeches to people, but doing nothing really in the courtroom other than yelling at law clerks and judges. Uh, and that's really it. And each one of those two guys have a couple of associates, and that's the entire that's the entire thing. I mean, against you know thousands of people, cast of thousands for the Department of Justice, and so to lose Todd Blanche would be a bad thing. I mean, he's had some terrible. Donald Trump's had. I don't know how to put this mildly, or how, I don't want to put this mildly. He's had some terrible lawyers working for him. Many of them have either lost their law license or are now convicted criminals or both, uh, including in Georgia. And, you know, we could we could spend an entire another hot take on the list. Right. Jenna Ellis, Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani, Ray Smith, Jim Troopas, Boris Epstein is a lawyer. Uh, you know, he's radioactive. You want to lose your ticket to lose your bar license? Work for Donald Trump. So. If I were him, I would not be screaming at Todd Blanche, one of the only credible lawyers you have on your team, uh, about the developments in the courtroom 3,000 miles away to set your trial date in March. But yeah, that's Donald Trump. And so, uh -huh. you know, I've always thought that, that Blanche was a little bit in the back and not doing the lead. For instance... Donald Trump, I believe, lost confidence in Blanche and therefore brought in John Lauro, 
L-A-U-R-O, a lawyer from Tampa, Florida, who's been taking the lead in the D.C. election interference case. So he's taking the lead in the D.C. election interference case, the four-count criminal conspiracy case brought by Jack Smith, the special counsel, Department of Justice against Donald Trump, only in front of Judge Chutkin. That's his role. Chris Keis is up doing battle with, I guess, Alina Haba tied behind his back in New York, in the civil fraud case looking to take away in that amazing justice game of Monopoly all of Donald Trump's houses, buildings, hotels, <laughs> and money, and business reputation, and ability to conduct business in the future. So where is Blanche? For a long time, we used to say, where's Chris Keis? Chris Keis is, it has, Chris Keis was given a major role mm-hmm. in New York in the fraud case. This one, Lauro, major role, D.C. election case. That leaves... I guess Todd Blanche for Mar-a-Lago. But even Mar-a-Lago, Donald Trump wanted Chris Keis to come into the last hearing in front of Judge Aileen Cannon as if as if Todd Blanche needed training wheels or a supervisor. So it now explains in the universe of Donald Trump, the orbit, who who's ascending and who is descending in those orbits. And and it's Todd Blanche is obviously descended. And Chris Keis has ascended, and John Loro has ascended, and Alina Haba never seems to have moved. She's still the the one that he he loves the most of all his lawyer children, I guess. So now it now, but now it makes sense. You know, when we were piecing together, like what's where is Todd Blanche these days, and why isn't he signing the briefs that are being filed with the election interference case, and why isn't he using his credibility and and doing very little in the case? Now we know why. I mean, Donald Trump blames him for putting the trial of the Stormy Daniels hush money books and records fraud case right in the middle of the primary season. I, who does Donald Trump, I guess, blame? It's weird, though. He doesn't seem to blame John Loro for the fact that uh, Chutkin, Judge Chutkin, took March also for her election interference case. But I think once you're in the doghouse with Donald Trump, it's very difficult to get out of. Why you'd want to be with Donald Trump, let alone in his doghouse, that is for another hot take in an entire year or more of Legal AF, the leading podcast of law and politics right here on the Midas Touch Network. But this is reporting that we're getting on uh, from Jonathan Carl, really reliable investigative reporter about the fallout between Donald Trump and Todd uh, Blanche as that case still hovers around Donald Trump, that Stormy Daniels case, because it's still technically on the docket for March the 24th of 2024, even though everybody expects, and we've done prior reporting and prior analysis, that we're, we're confident that there was a phone call between Judge Chutkin, the federal judge, and the state judge, Judge Rashawn, because it was reported by courtroom personnel that that phone call took place, which is completely ethical under the judicial canons of ethics to make that phone call to coordinate the various trials involving Donald Trump and that Judge Bershon reportedly said, you can have my March date. Now, if something happens with the March date for Judge Chutkin, like the Supreme Court or some other appellate court stays the March trial on some grounds that we haven't yet addressed, you know, Stormy Daniels, I think, is going forward in March. So it's, it's, it's a backup case, as we like to say in the law. There's a lot of backup cases. Fawny Willis, Fulton County district attorney in her case against Donald Trump and others. It's also a backup case if something happens with Judge Chutkin. So Trump is is probably triple booked 
for March, right? And uh, we'll have to keep an eye on who's really, you know, if if Blanche ever gets out of the doghouse and has a more substantive or meaningful role as these cases go to trial. We'll follow it right here on the Midas Touch Network exclusively on Legal AF, the leading podcast intersection of law and politics. It happens one time, I'm sorry, two times a week. Sorry, I'm coming off a cold, a little bit of a cold medicine hangover. Uh, Wednesdays and Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Wednesdays, I do it with Karen Friedman, Ignifolo, former prosecutor, and on Saturdays with a fellow defense lawyer and f- founder of the Midas Touch Network, Ben Micellis. We pull it all together, hot takes like this one, where we debate the issues of the day at the intersection of law, politics, and justice, and then put it on audio platforms wherever you can get it. So until my next hot take, give me a thumbs up if you like this content. Until my next podcast, Legal AF, this is Michael Popak reporting. Hey, Midas Mighty, love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now.
Okay, let's see what else is going on here. Worst lawyer, Alina. I don't know why they are giving this much out, but every American Lose family needs to see this. The government is basically it? giving me one. A lot's been recorded, reported, I should say, about the trial and Donald Trump's testimony at his civil trial in New York that is being brought by the Attorney General Letitia James. It's the persistent fraud case where Trump is being accused civilly, not prosecuted criminally, of overinflating his assets or devaluing them when he wants to pay less taxes and just lying in his business practices. And it, that's a civil case that also has a companion criminal investigation that Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA, still has open. And at the civil case, that is a bench trial where, where there is no jury, so it's just Judge Angoran who's hearing the evidence. At the trial, the Attorney General is still on their case in chief, and they call have called some of the defendants to the stand, which you can do in a civil trial. Now, a defendant can take the fifth if they want because they do not want to incriminate themselves, especially in a case where there are still there's still an open criminal pending investigation. But Trump and his adult children have chosen not to take the fifth and have decided to testify, uh, you know, to, to agree to testify having been called as a witness. And what happened when t Trump testified is it went very poorly. By all accounts, he was rambling. He was not answering the questions. He was not responsive. He was absolutely treating, he was accused of treating the court like he was at a rally and he was going on and on about how the attorney general is biased against him, how the judge is biased against him. You know, he said this is the opposite of fraud and, you know, he, he was just trying to give a speech. He was talking about China. He was talking about the artistic expression at one of his golf courses in Scotland. I mean, you know, he just was talking about how Scotland has oil and you know, large oil reserve and, you know, lots of things that just really had nothing to do with the trial. And it got apparently quite heated because really a trial is not an opportunity for you to just do what you want. It's not an opportunity to say whatever you want. It's, a, it's really something special and important in our civil society. A trial is a place for relevant and admissible evidence to come in to determine facts and the, applying law to the facts and deciding whether or not a person is either guilty of a crime or liable criminally or civilly, I should say. Um, it's, it's a way of determining what happened. And there are rules of the road. There are rules of evidence. You can't just say whatever you want. That's why there are, you hear lawyers stand up in court and say, objection, hearsay. And a judge will say, 
sustained, right? And it can't come in or overruled and it can come in. And then there's a court reporter taking it down and it becomes part of the record. And, and judges are trained and very careful to make sure that nothing clutters the record that isn't supposed to be there. Now with the bench trial, it's a little looser because a judge can say to themselves, you know, I'm not going to take into consideration the things that are inappropriate that shouldn't come in. And so, I'm, you know, with a jury, it's different. You have to really be careful not to let the jury hear things or know things. But a judge presumably can kind of can can have a little more, you know, they, they know the rules of the road and, and they can do that. But that being said, it's so it might be a little bit looser, but it can't be a free for all. And so if Donald Trump is going on and on, I mean, first of all, a few good things happened yesterday for the attorney general. Donald Trump, unlike his sons, he didn't distance himself from the asset valuations. In fact, he admitted that he was part of the decision making and sometimes would say that's overinflated or underinflated or whatever. And he admitted some of that. So those are facts that the attorney general, I think, wanted to hear and are going and was going to um I'm sure when they sum up, they will they will highlight those facts. But the rest of his testimony that was non-responsive to the questioning was just all over the place. And and Alina Haba, just her reaction to Donald Trump's testimony and to the judge was so extreme and so unusual that it made me look up her background because I was thinking to myself, does she not have any experience as a trial lawyer? Because let's, for, let's remember for a minute, who is Alina Haba, right? She's one of Donald Trump's main lawyers. She seems to be, um, you know, in many of her cases, if his cases, at one point, Donald Trump walked away a little bit from her and said, you know, she's going to be more of a spokesperson than a, a, an attorney. But here she is in court. She's cross-examining witnesses. She cross-examined Michael Cohen when he testified in the case. And, you know, she's very much involved in this trial. But after the, after the trial, I'm sorry, after Trump testified, she got up and first of all, she gave a uh, press conference out of side of court, you know, pounding, you know, clutching her pearls, as they say, I'm not going to tolerate being yelled at. And the judge slammed his fist down at me. And, um, and, you know, Trump also gave a speech outside of court, accusing the court of and the judge of being biased against him, saying that the judge called me a fraud, but he doesn't even know me. No, the judge didn't call you a fraud. The judge ruled based on all the evidence that have come out so far that that there was persistent fraud already. But, you know, that's a, a legal ruling based on evidence. That's not name calling, which is what you're doing, Donald Trump. And, you know, during one of the breaks in the proceedings, Haba went outside and was going on and on about the judge saying he, you know, his face was red when Trump was on the witness stand and he was, the judge was trying to silence Trump and he wouldn't let him answer questions about his business or about Mar-a-Lago. And then she says, what exactly am I being paid as an attorney to do? Why are taxpayer dollars being used in this courtroom? If he's already jumped to conclusions, she accused Tish James, Letitia James, of trying to make a name for herself and saying she's not that bright. And she also said that she was scolded during one during um, Mr. Trump's testimony, saying, you know, I was told to sit down. I was yelled at. I've never had a judge who's unhinged slamming a table. I don't tolerate that in my life and you shouldn't either. And and this was her her kind of, you know, 
harumphing. And, you know, interestingly, Danya Perry, who has um, been a guest on, on this show several times, was in court. And she said she didn't see any of that. She didn't see the judge yelling at her or acting in any way that was not judicial. In fact, all he was doing was trying to can keep control of the courtroom because it was Donald Trump who was not answering questions, who was not giving testimony. And just remember, that's what a court of law is for. A court of law is for giving evidence. It's not for making speeches. And a judge has an obligation to maintain the record appropriately and not let just anything come in. And it's a, first of all, it's a waste of time. But second of all, it's just utterly inappropriate. And why were they doing it? Why was Trump doing that? Why wouldn't he just answer questions? Why was this an opportunity to make a speech? You know, this is a, this is a bench trial. He should have been trying to ingratiate himself to the judge. He should have been trying to defend his actions if they're defensible. He should, you know, he prides himself as, as somebody who's made his money and made his business empire and became president because he can talk and he can convince people of things and persuade people. He was a TV personality. Like that's, that's how he got to where he is. So why didn't he use that same tactic with the judge? Why instead is he attack, attack, attack and pissing off the judge even more and actually um, really not helping his case. And why is Alina Haba doing the same thing and going after the judge and going after the the um, uh, the attorney general? And first of all, so I looked up, I, I think the answer is um, because the facts hurt them. And so if they, if they don't have the facts, you know, the law hurts them and the facts hurts them. And if you can't argue the law and you can't argue the facts, then go on and attack the, attack the, the process because that's all you have left and that's what they're doing here they're attacking the process and attacking the judge because you know first i looked up at alina haba's um bio because honestly before this i'd never even heard of her and you know she doesn't seem to have any trial experience she's not a trial lawyer and so all right that then i give her that i give her the fact that since she has no trial experience and is not a trial lawyer she doesn't know what it's like in court she doesn't know what judges are like she doesn't realize that if you disobey that the judge is in, in charge and if you disobey what he says you know if I, any lawyer if you if 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 you say you know, if you ask an, a question and somebody objects or, or the judge deems it inappropriate, if the judge says, you know, sustained, right? As a lawyer, you stop. You stop talking. If you keep going, the judge is going to get say sustained. And, and you know, they don't really usually pound the gavel like they do on TV, but they will get heated and say, stop talking and sit down because you cannot disobey a judge in court the judge, she or he is in charge. And, and she clearly doesn't have that experience to know that because, because she took the fact that the judge, who was acting utterly appropriately by trying to get Donald Trump to only give admissible and relevant evidence at trial, which is exactly what his job is uh, to do, he wasn't doing it. And so he and, and Alina Haba was, was being inappropriate. And so the judge had to um, slightly raise his voice and act like any judge would and tell her to stop. He is in charge. And that's the thing Donald Trump's not used to. He's not used to the fact that he can't just do whatever he wants and say whatever he wants. This is not a press conference outside of court where he can just stream of consciousness, say what he wants. And you know what? 
if he wanted to say something different than what the process, than the, the attorney general's office was asking his, his time to do that. Why didn't Alina Haba cross-examine him afterward or ask him questions after her word? This was, you know, the way it works in, in court is there's a direct examination and a cross-examination. And, and, and the way it works is on direct examination, you get to ask whatever you want. And on cross-examination, that lawyer gets to ask whatever they want. And as long as it's relevant and admissible, it comes in. And so if the attorney general's office was asking certain questions, you know, the question plus the answer equals the evidence. A question alone is not evidence, nor is, is just a rambling answer. It has to be a question and an answer. And that's what the evidence is. If the judge allows it in, that's what evidence is. And that's what you're allowed to consider. And if, if the judge, if the, if the defendant is not answering questions that that are put before them, then then the judge must stop that. But if I were Alina Haba, and if she were an experienced lawyer, the thing to do afterward, after the government rests and has no further questions and sits down, if I were Alina Haba, I would stand up and say, Mr. Trump, when, when you were being asked about a golf course and you were cut off by the court and by the attorney general's office, you seemed like you had something else to say. You didn't want to just answer that question. Yes or no. You seemed like you had something else to say. Is that right? Yes. Go ahead. What was it you wanted to say? That's the opportunity to do it. And so I don't know why she didn't do it that way. If it had been admissible, of course, when he starts going on about, you know, China and Russia and oil, not really sure what that has to do with his asset valuation. So that might have been cut off because, again, you're not you can't just say whatever you want. But it just made no sense to me why she didn't know the basic rules of how direct examination, cross-examination goes, and that she was so incensed by the judge doing exactly what every other judge in every other courtroom, state or federal, red state or blue state, does in a courtroom, uh, in a court of law in this country. And hopefully she will learn that now that she has had a trial, and uh, hopefully they will start to argue the facts, not just be outraged and pearl clutching about, you know, and call and name calling because, you know, they can't, they don't have the facts or the law on their side. So that's what's going on in court. And uh, we're here just to give you the actual facts, tell it like it is, and try to get the truth out there. I'm Karen Friedman Agnifilo with Legal AF. Join us every Wednesday and Saturday with my co-hosts, Michael Popak and Ben Micellis. Thanks for listening. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now. My dad used to say, don't compare me to the almighty, compare me to the alternative. Well, come. A lot's been recorded, reported, I should say, about the.
was trying to silence Trump and he wouldn't let him answer questions about his business or about Mar-a-Lago. And then she says, what exactly am I being paid as an attorney to do? Why are taxpayer dollars being used in this courtroom? If he's already jumped to conclusions, she accused Tish James, Letitia James, of trying to make a name for herself and saying she's not that bright. And she also said that she was scolded during one, during um, Mr. Trump's testimony saying, you know, I was told to sit down. I was yelled at. I've never had a judge who's unhinged slamming a table. I don't tolerate that in my life and you shouldn't either. And and this was her her kind of, you know, harumphing. And, you know, interestingly, Donya Perry, who has um, been a guest on, on this show several times, was in court. And she said she didn't see any of that. She didn't see the judge yelling at her or acting in any way that was not judicial. In fact, all he was doing was trying to can keep control of the courtroom because it was Donald Trump who was not answering questions, who was not giving testimony. And just remember, that's what a court of law is for. A court of law is for giving evidence. It's not for making speeches. And a judge has an obligation to maintain the record appropriately and not let just anything come in. And it's a, first of all, it's a waste of time. But second of all, it's just t utterly inappropriate. And why were they doing it? Why was Trump doing that? Why wouldn't he just answer questions? Why was this an opportunity to make a speech? You know, this is a, this is a bench trial. He should have been trying to ingratiate himself to the judge. He should have been trying to defend his actions if they're defensible. He should, you know, he prides himself as, as somebody who's made his money and made his business empire and became president because he can talk and he can convince people of things and persuade people. He was a TV personality. Like that's, that's how he got to where he is. So why didn't he use that same tactic with the judge? Why instead is he attack, attack, attack and pissing off the judge even more and actually um, really not helping his case. And why is Alina Haba doing the same thing and going after the judge and going after the, the, um, uh, the attorney general? And first of all, so I looked up, I, I think the answer is um, because the facts hurt them. And so if they, if they don't have the facts, you know, the law hurts them and the facts hurts them. And if you can't argue the law and you can't argue the facts, then go on and attack the, attack the, the process because that's all you have left and that's what they're doing here they're attacking the process and attacking the judge because you know first i looked up at alina haba's um bio because honestly before this i'd never even heard of her and you know she doesn't seem to have any trial experience she's not a trial lawyer and so all right that then i give her that i give her the fact 